We are so glad that you've joined us this morning. We trust that you're going to sense God's presence there in your living room or in your office, wherever you're watching today. And we're glad that you've joined us. We hope that you'll hear uh, God's message from his word, that you'll be able to worship as we sing a song at the end, and that uh, it'll be almost as good as being in person. There are a couple of things that we'd like for you to do uh, as we get started today. The first thing is, would you just let us know that that uh, you've joined us in our virtual service? If you have the North Point app, if you would go there and go to the Let's Connect tab and just sign in, that will help us know that you're there and allow us to, to just continue to minister to you in every way that we can. If you don't have the North Point app, if you could send a text to 94090, Text 94090 with the message that is guest NCC, and uh, that will send you a link and you can fill that out and we'll be in touch that way as well. There are a couple of things that are just really cool that, that we're jazzed about that, that we want to fill you in on. The first is this. Um, on Christmas Eve, we're going to have a virtual Christmas Eve service. And uh, it's going to be incredible. It's, uh, it, we, we've already worked to put all the pieces together. It's going to be powerful, and we want you to be a part of that. To help, um, to help allow people to join us for that, we're going to have a drive-through light experience in the North Point parking lot on Sunday, December 20th through Wednesday night, December 23rd from 6 to 9 p.m., it's going to be uh, just a really, really cool event for the community. We want you to invite your family and friends. It's going to be completely COVID safe. You'll stay in your car the entire time. And, uh, and if you come through the drive through experience, we'll have an opportunity to give the first 400 vehicles a gift that will help enhance the Christmas Eve experience. So we, we hope that you'll be a part of that. We also want to let you know that that beginning this weekend, we're starting a special Christmas offering that's going to go help uh, take care of the needs of people outside of North Point completely. It's a, a gift that is just being designated Christmas offering, and it's going to go to the Greater Lansing Food Bank, to an organization called Water For that, that uh, does wells and economic development for underdeveloped uh, places around the world, and, um, and to Habitat for Humanity. If you'd like to give to that, uh, I'll give you instructions in just a second, but just mark it a uh, special Christmas offering and, and it will get, get there. A normal part of what we do and what we encourage people to do is to uh, worship together by their giving. You can do that electronically uh, through, the, through the North Point app, or you can send a text to 77977 that says NCC Give. We'll send a link and you can do that as well. It's an important thing, um, not for us as much as it is for us individually to be able to give back to God. God has blessed us so much, and this weekend in particular, Thanksgiving weekend, uh, what a thrill it is to be able to give back to God a gift of gratitude. So happy Thanksgiving. We're going to jump into the message, which is all about gratitude as well. Happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, uh, it's kind of nice to have the trees up, right? Um, 
but it's uh, th this is this week is always one of those funny weeks as a as a speaker uh, in church because it's like okay do you do Thanksgiving or do you do Christmas Wh where's that fit you'll find out all right you'll you'll see where we're going in just a second uh, about 15 years ago uh, the office superstore Staples ran a promotion. Uh, that you might remember 15 years ago. It's hard to believe it's been 15 years. Their ad campaign was all about how easy it was to shop at Staples to get all the supplies, your office supplies, all those kinds of things. If you remember, there was this red button that had the word easy on it. Do you remember that? You remember the commercial? Uh, there was a high school kid who w was, uh, the teacher asked for a uh, uh, an answer to a quadratic equation that he couldn't solve, and he reached out and presses the easy button. There was a dad there with uh, twin twin uh, babies in diapers that needed changed, and the dad reached down and hit the easy button. There was a surgeon that said uh, he needed to do this surgical procedure that he had never done before, and uh, he reaches down and presses the easy button. Um, and and it, everything's good from that point. And then the ad finishes with this voiceover that says, wouldn't it be nice, wouldn't it be nice if there was an easy button for life? Now there's one for your business. And a hand comes across the screen and presses the button and a voice says, yeah, yeah some of you remember. That was easy, that was easy, that was easy. There was only one problem with that commercial. That button didn't exist when the commercial came out. And what happened was, as they began to run this ad, people started calling Staples, I want one of those. I want one of those easy buttons. And they didn't, it was just a prop. It was just a prop for the commercial. Some entrepreneur within the Staples organization, however, then um, copyrighted the easy button, mass produced it, and it sold 1.5 million from August till that following Christmas. Some of you still have them in your room, right? I know that because the last church that I served at, the church business manager on the front of his desk had an easy button. And anytime we would solve a problem at church, you know, anytime there would be some issue, uh, and I'd go in and, and say, Greg, what do we do? That was easy. That was easy. That was easy. Um, so the scripture that I want us to look at today, this, today's message is really just a one truth message. Um, you'll hear it kind of over and over again. That scripture is, uh, it's a directive for us from God, but it's not easy, all right? Uh, if you've got your Bibles, take them out, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18. Here's the truth. Uh, it's going to be up on screen. It's in the app as well. Here's the truth that's not easy. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Give thanks in all circumstances. The message version says this. Be cheerful no matter, no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens to you. This is the way God wants you who belong to Jesus Christ to live. Give thanks in all circumstances. All is never easy right? You can fake anything for a little while, right? Um, uh, uh, anytime that we interview a staff person um, here, here at North Point, we, and it gets down to the point that we're really taking a look at them, they spend a significant amount of time with us. And I say to them, hey, here's the deal. 
I want you to be here as long as you can because you can fake anything for a few hours in an interview, right? Some of you as hirer, hirer people who hire, um, you know this because somebody comes in and they do a great interview, right? And they start work and you think, who is this person that I hired? Ah, that's not what I want at all. You can fake anything. But Paul says to the church in Thessalonica, give thanks in all circumstances. All is never easy. All is never easy. How is it that a wife can love her husband when everybody else can't stand the guy? Right? Some, stop elbowing the person beside you, all right? Um, it's, it's because they can see, they see past all of those rough spots. And, and they count it a privilege to do life with them. They love them. They're committed to them no matter what, all the circumstances. Um, even, even in that commitment, there are times that it's just not easy, right? Uh, let's look at the context of, of, um, of 1 Thessalonians 5. Paul writes a number of times to different churches and describes really what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in our world. Um, oftentimes, it's a, it's a paragraph that's not a teaching paragraph, but it just says, this is what it looks like. This is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And this is one of those passages. Paul says this, starting in verse 13. Live in peace with each other. We urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong but always strive to do what's good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Have you ever wondered what God's will is for your life? Have you ever said, I just knew what, I, I wish I just knew what God's will was for me. It's here right? Rejoice always, pray continuously, give thanks in all circumstances. Um, Paul's message to the Thessalonians isn't isolated. Listen to what he wrote to the church in Philippi. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, there's that all. By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. To the church in Colossae, he wrote, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with kindness, compassion, humility, gentleness, patience. Bear with each other. Forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace. And be thankful. That's what it looks like. Just a few verses later, Paul says, devote yourselves, devote yourselves to prayer, to being watchful, and to being thankful. Devote yourselves to being thankful. Pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message, that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in chains. Paul says, hey, look, if you want to be a light in a dark world, if you want to look 
different from the rest of the world. Be thankful in all circumstances. That's not easy, though. All is never easy. Is it, is it just me, or do you all have trouble being thankful in all circumstances also? Uh, it, it's hard. I'm, I'm an eternal optimist. I look for the good in everything. But there are times where you just say, God, I don't get this. This is not fun. I don't like it. Get me out of it, right? And you hear the words of Paul saying, give thanks in all circumstances. Let, let me just talk you through some things because I, sometimes I think it helps to identify what keeps us from being grateful, what keeps us from being thankful. Um, you know, when you have a lot, when God has blessed you and you've got lots of resources, you've got money in the bank, you've got all kinds of stuff, being grateful when you have plenty is hard. Because you think that you've earned it, that you deserve it, that it's come all because of your hard work. Sometimes it's easy when you have a lot to think that you're better than people who don't have as much. And your pride gets in the way of being grateful. You could say, oh yeah, I've got all this stuff. But you're not really grateful in your heart because of your pride. Sometimes when you don't have very much, um, it's... It, uh, when, you, when you have a little, it's hard to be grateful because there's just not much to be grateful for. Um, the, uh, you, you look around and you say, God, how can I be grateful? How can I be grateful when, um, when my home has been foreclosed on, when my car has been repossessed, when, when I dread going to the mailbox to look for, um, to, to get the mail, when I dread answering my phone because I know it's going to be a bill collector that just keeps hounding me for money that I don't have. How can you be grateful in that kind of situation? Fear and desperation get in the way of our gratitude when we don't have very much. Being grateful, uh, when you're somewhere in the middle between having a lot and having a little, is hard too. It's, uh, I would, I, the best words I could come up with are, are being grateful when you're getting established, when, you know, when you're raising your family and you're, you're, you're working and doing those things that you don't have a, it's not like you have a ton, but it's not like you're dirt poor either. You're just trying to survive at that stage. You encounter obstacle after obstacle and, and you look around and all your friends seem to have more. They seem to have a bigger, a, a better car, a bigger house, or they have a house and you're in an apartment. They have better kids. They have nicer vacations. They have more time, more fun, better yard, uh, better toys. And you know what gets in the way of our gratitude at that stage of life? It's envy. It's we look around and we think, I want that, I want that, I want that. And it's hard to be grateful for what we have. It's not just in economics, though. It, it, it has to do with different stages of life. Um, if, you're, uh, if you're married and you've got little guys, um, being grateful when you have little kids is hard, right? Because fatigue gets in the way. You just get worn out. Um, you're just trying to keep them alive, right? Trying to teach them about Jesus. You're trying to keep them in front of a computer screen so that they can do their school Zoom sessions, right? You're just trying to survive that. You're trying to keep them from jumping off a roof. That's a real-life situation from the Rubel household, right? You're, 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 you're trying to keep them from rolling off a changing table. 
You're trying to keep them from eating that five-month-old french fry that they find in the fold of your car, right? Um, fatigue. Fatigue just wears you out, and, and, and so you lose track of what to even be thankful for when your kids are little. Um, it, being, being grateful when you have teens is hard also. You're trying to keep them in front of that computer screen to keep them on their Zoom sessions, right? You're trying to get them to turn in their assignments and not just sit in front of the screen. You're trying to help them find a job that they won't get fired from. You're trying to help make sure that they get their college admission stuff in. You're trying to help them develop a relationship with Jesus that is really at the center of their life and their heart. You're trying to help them be productive members of society and all they want to do is play on their phone, right? Um, it's, it's hard. Being grateful when you have teens is hard. Uncertainty gets in the way. As a parent, you think, am I doing this right? Are we going to get through this stage of life? It's not just when you're raising kids. It's when you're old, too. Being grateful when you, when you get old is hard because regret gets in the way. You look back on your life, and, and, you, and there's often disappointing aspects of what your life has become. You look back at the mistakes that you've made. You look at the state of your health or the lack of your health at that point. And it's hard to be grateful when you get old. It's hard to be grateful when you're single or when you're lonely because insecurity and self-pity can get in the way. You think, how can I be grateful when I've been widowed, when I'm alone, uh, when, when I'm alone because of divorce? How can I be grateful in that condition how, how can I be grateful when you've never even been in a dating relationship with someone and it seems like nobody wants to walk through life with you? How can I be grateful when a family member is serving in the military and has been gone for months on end or they're a first responder and you just don't see them because they're dealing with everything with a pandemic? When you're, when you're single, when you're lonely, it can be hard to be grateful because insecurity, self-pity, you just keep asking, what's wrong with me in this situation? So it's hard to be grateful. And yet God says through his word, give thanks in all circumstances. Give thanks in all circumstances. Does all really mean all? Does it mean when you get treated unfairly at work, when your kids reject you, when your spouse ignores you or nags at you, when your health goes, when your finances go, when your fiancé ghosts you, when people don't take your advice, your advice and you know that your advice is right, are you still supposed to be thankful? Are you still supposed to be thankful when you're disrespected or ignored or demeaned, when you're physically assaulted, when you lose your job, when your house doesn't sell, when your car breaks down, when your view is a minority view in society, are you still supposed to be thankful? Are you still supposed to be thankful when you're persecuted as the church in the first century was? Are you supposed to be thankful even when you're in a new world separated from your family by thousands of miles, gathered with people who don't speak your language, who don't dress the way that you do, who live in a completely different set of customs and have a completely different worldview. You understand that that last sentence describes that first Thanksgiving between the pilgrims and the Native Americans. 
Are you supposed to be thankful even in a global pandemic where you're forced to do things that you don't want to? Even if you get the virus and are sick at home, are we still supposed to be thankful in those, in those situations? They all fit in the all. All means all. Um, many of you know my friend Tim Chantier, um, who's a missionary in Papua New Guinea that's home for a certain time. You can keep it up there. I'm going to talk about it. Uh, um, five weeks ago today, I think, um, four weeks ago today, Tim fell and hit his head on a rock outside. Now, no gaping wound, none of that stuff, but when he hit his head, he injured his brain pretty severely, a severe concussion. And so for the last four weeks, he has been trying to be holed up um, in the dark with as little stimulus to his brain as possible. Um, when he talks for more than five minutes, his tongue gets numb. His, there, he begins to have numbness through his body. He has a severe concussion that the docs have said that it will take six months for him to get to 80% recovery and another six months to 100% recovery. Tim was supposed to preach today. Uh, that, that was the plan. They, their plan was that they were going to be able to go to California and visit the churches that support them out there in January, I think, uh, December, January, right in there. All that's on hold. Are we supposed to be thankful when our plans fall apart, when our body does stuff that we don't imagine, when everything changes? The answer to that is yes. Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances. You know what Paul doesn't say? Paul doesn't say, give thanks for all circumstances. He doesn't say, oh, thank God for that rock that hit your head. You know, thank God for those people at work that drive you crazy. Thank God for, oh my goodness, thank God for the spider that is, this is on tape. I, zoom in if you can see this. This is incredible. Anybody want a handkerchief? Um, I have never seen anything like that before in my life. Wow. I put it in my pocket. Yeah, why not? He's not getting out of my handkerchief. There's an illustration in there somewhere. Do we give thanks no matter what? If Deb was up here, she would be freaking out at that spider, right? Um, Paul doesn't say give thanks for every circumstance, right? He doesn't say give thanks that you live in a broken world. Give thanks that there's a pandemic. Give thanks for all those things. He says give thanks in the midst of. Because that, that uh, thanksgiving comes from your relationship with God. Uh, why is it so hard for, for us to be grateful I think some of us live with the stress of the moment. We have become so comfortable with the stress of the moment that we think, oh, I can't, take a, I, I can't stop and just be thankful because that just doesn't feel right. I've, I've got to be anxious about something. Some of us think that they're achievers and they think, you know what, if, if I stop to be thankful, if I really pause and just take inventory of all God's done in my life and I'm just thankful for it, that, that, um, that, that I'll be lazy. That, that, that somehow will be lazy in the midst of that. Um, it's, it's easy for us to convince ourselves that, that maybe 
God just put us in life and we're not ever supposed to be satisfied. And so it's hard for us to be thankful. But if you're a follower of Jesus, if you take this scripture seriously, you understand that this is a command from God. It's an imperative. God says, in all things, give thanks. No matter what, no matter what the circumstances. Paul says, interestingly enough, in, on the end of verse 18, if you want to know what God's will is, give thanks. For this is God's will in you concerning Christ Jesus. Pray, uh, rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What's it take to be thankful in all circumstances? Let me, let me just give you three things uh, uh, and, and just kind of chew on these this week. The first is this, know that God loves you. If you want to be thankful, you've got to know that God loves you and that he has been faithful to you in the past. He has taken care of you. Understand that you can't be, you can't be grateful without a source to which, you, that, to which that gratitude is directed. Um, Thanksgiving for me is always a funny thing because I think, I, I think about people, I've grown up always knowing about Jesus and always knowing about how good God is. And I think at Thanksgiving time, what happens if you don't have that relationship with God? What happens if you... If you don't believe that God is real, what do you do at Thanksgiving time? Because you can't be thankful without being thankful to someone or something, right? All you do otherwise is just take a look at, oh, I've got all this good stuff. Look at my inventory of good stuff. Gratitude has to be directed somewhere. It has to be directed to God. God is the one who has given us that. We've talked a number of times in the last several years about how important it is to journal and to, and to just make a list. If you're struggling, if you're depressed, if, 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 this, if COVID's wiping you out, man, start a list and just daily write down the things that you're grateful for, the ways that God has taken care of you, the things that you're thankful for. Um, when we do that, uh, when you go through that process, it changes the way that you think because you begin to look for things that you're thankful for. It changes your worldview. It changes your perspective on life. There's a life coach named Marie Forleo that, that um, said this about Thanksgiving. She said, when it comes to gratitude, the dividend is in the details. I like that. The dividend is in the details. What she meant by that was, um, don't just make a list and say, oh, I'm grateful for my kids, I'm grateful for my house, I'm grateful for my car, I'm grateful for this, that, whatever. She says, the, the, the dividend is in the details. It's in spelling that out. It's like saying, um, not just putting down, I'm grateful for fresh water. We live in a place that, where there's fresh water. That's, that's great. It's, it's in saying, I am grateful that on a hot summer day when I've been outside exercising that I could come in and get a cool cup of fresh water that when I drink it, it cools everything off from the inside out and just puts me at peace. I'm thankful for fresh water because I can hop in a hot shower and that water coming down just relaxes my muscles, cleans my butt. It's the most wonderful thing in the world. The dividends in the details. Do you understand that? In, in writing the things that we're thankful for, spell it out. Um, go, into, go into detail. Um, a, a, a few years ago, we handed out a book to everybody who was a part of North Point at that point in time called The Sparkle Box. Anybody remember those? Do some of you have them on your shelf still? Um, 
the, the encouragement in the sparkle box was there was, there was a literal um, gray sparkly box in the back of a purple sparkly box, whatever it was. You could put it under your tree. And, the, and the, the challenge was to put things into the box where you saw your family members doing things for Jesus during the Christmas season and then opening them on, on uh, Christmas morning. I want to encourage you to take that idea and to modify it in this area of being um, thankful, being uh, showing gratitude. And maybe for the next 27 days, 27 days till Christmas, as often as you can think of it, put into a jar or a box or a present, whatever it is under your Christmas tree, the things for which you're thankful. And then on Christmas morning, open that gratitude jar or box or present and see if that doesn't bring to uh, your Christmas experience a whole new element when you, when you begin to think about what God has given for us that we can be thankful for and the way that we've been blessed, that whole sense of giving and gratitude come together in a powerful way. First thing, know that God loves you. If you want to be grateful, know that God loves you. Uh, recognize the, thing that he, the things that he has done in your life in the past. The second thing is to, is to know that, God, that nothing is too difficult for God. Sometimes it just sounds so trite. Nothing's too difficult for God, but it's true. Th think about, think about this. God sent His Son to a broken world, a messy, terrible place, and ultimately Jesus was put on trial for things that He hadn't committed, things that He hadn't done, and He was beaten and made fun of and ultimately crucified in the worst, in the most vile way possible. That's terrible. And God worked good through that. God can bring good from any circumstances. From Jesus' death on the cross, we experience the ability to have a relationship with God, to be called his sons and daughters. Salvation came through Jesus' death on the cross. If God can work through circumstances that are that desperate and deplorable to bring about his will, he can work through whatever circumstances you're going through right now. The third thing is this. Um, you, you want to be grateful. Uh, know that God's with you. Know that he has been faithful in the past. And um, th here's, the, here's the third thing. I just said it. Know that you're not alone. Um, in the next few weeks, we're going to, our Christmas series this year is called Christmas with John. And all we're going to do is just preach through the, the first chapter of the book of John and see what John says about Jesus coming to earth. Jesus, when he came, his name was Emmanuel. The prophet Isaiah said his name will be called Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. We're not alone. No matter what your circumstances are, no matter how bad they are, no matter how desperate they feel, you're not alone. Jesus came to walk through this life with us, to experience what we experience. You're not alone. And if you're not alone going through the struggle, there's lots of things that you can find to be thankful for. Um, you know, the scripture that, that gets tossed around a lot is, is Romans 8.28 that says, we know that, that in all things, 
in all things. God works for the good of those who love him and have been called according to his purpose. No matter what circumstances, God, God's at work. He works in all things. Gratitude is a trademark of a follower of Jesus. It's one of those characteristics that when you look around and you see somebody that, that man, they are just so grateful for everything, that it should trigger in your mind, that's got to be a follower of Jesus. Because they're grateful no matter what is going on. Um, Thanksgiving, a grateful heart, is an exercise of faith for followers of Jesus. Just like you go to the gym to exercise your muscles and to get stronger and to stay in shape and do, choosing to be thankful is a trip to the spiritual gym because all of a sudden it says, God, no matter what I see around me, I trust you. No matter what's going on, no matter how desperate it is, I trust you. Let gratitude shape, shape your circumstances rather than your circumstances shaping your gratitude. How, how do you see Jesus working in your life? You know, for the last, uh, what, 10 or 12 weeks, we were in a series that was all about seeing how Jesus is working in your life. What's, what's, what's he doing in your life? Um, how do you see Jesus working in your life when you become thankful for things that others ignore? Jesus is working in your life. When you become thankful for things that others ignore, Jesus is working. All is never easy, but all is what God has called us to. Give thanks in all circumstances. Um, what's the opposite of being grateful? Grumbling, complaining, whining, um, don't let those be adjectives that describe you. Oh, he's a grumbler. Oh, my kids, they're always whining, whining, whining. Don't, if you're a follower of Jesus, be grateful, not a grumbler. Paul wrote to the church in Philippi and said, Do everything readily and cheerfully. No bickering, no second guessing allowed. The NIV says, do everything without grumbling or complaining. Go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in this squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. When we're grateful, we become mirrors that reflect the goodness of God in the world around us. Maybe, just maybe, instead of an easy button, as followers of Jesus, we need to design a button that says all on it. That when bad stuff happens, we press that all button and it says, give thanks in all circumstances. When we're disappointed, we press that all button that says, give thanks in all circumstances. When our plans get blown up and, and things happen that we just never anticipated, give thanks in all circumstances. That's what God has called us to do, to be people of gratitude. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for, uh, for this time of year. Thank you that we can live in a nation that sets aside a time to be thankful. And God, um, our deepest desire 
is that we would see through your eyes. God, that we would see the way that you provide for us over and over and over again. God, that we would see from your perspective how closely you're walking with us even in times of stress and difficulty. God, that we would see from your eyes that when we're disappointed, that you would help us see what's around the corner that you have planned for us, that you will be faithful to complete your good work in us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, let's stand together. Let's sing. Touching
you're working even when I don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when I don't see it you're working even when I don't feel it you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop oh. even when I don't see it you're working Thank you for what he has done for you. We'll see you next Sunday.